everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Classroom Brew. This one we're gonna we're gonna do our best before our, our little guy gets all barky and all growly at the dogs that are walking by outside or, or whatever it may be. Uh, subscribe on Patreon. That's Patreon.com/ClassroomBrew to get all that bonus content and support the show. Really appreciate that support from you guys. And uh, yeah, we're uh, at Classroom Brew on social media and all that all that great stuff. Um, at this point, I feel pretty good about myself as the routine of this year has kind of gone on. Since I was coaching and things like that, I would always find myself getting really sleepy on, on Lakeshore Drive consistently to the point where I couldn't go to the gym in the evenings. And so what I would do instead was start to go in the morning. Now, I know you're thinking, wow, that sounds great going in the morning and getting all it all out of the way. And it is to a degree. But, but it also means that you have to be up at four in the morning so you can make it, you know, let the dog out and make it to the gym in time and then actually lift at the gym or do your cardio or both or whatever, swim. I don't know what you do. And uh, it feels good to get out of the way. It's good to come home and just be home. But it's probably the roughest, <laughs> the roughest routine that I personally do. It, it really is. It does get you off, especially on a Monday. If you struggle from the Sunday scaries like I do, it really kind of sets the tone in a much better way. So the first thing isn't like, oh, I got to go to work. Instead, it's, I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to go to, it's it just, it frames the whole thing a whole lot differently. Um, I find it enjoyable, but I don't, <laughs> I don't find it enjoyable when my watch is going off to wake me up. And then, of course, you know, we got little Marty that doesn't, he wants to snuggle up more and go back to sleep. <laughs> he doesn't, he's two years old, but he acts like an old man in those moments. But he doesn't want to go up. He wants to eat, of course. He's very excited about that. But it's, uh, it's a pretty tricky routine to work out. If he can do it three times a week, that's a win. And then maybe over the weekend, you just do your normal, like whenever you would go. And I say that because I did not exactly meet my quota for working out at 5 a.m. But let me, again, let me just walk you through this. I wake up at 4.08. And keep in mind, I like to get to work by about 7.15 to 7.45. I know it's a big window. Don't judge me. But that means I've got to, at 4.08, give myself a minute to collect myself, roughly. Uh, go put it on a coat because it's wintertime in Chicago and it's, it's obviously really brutal out. Get some sweatpants if I don't have that on. You know, shorts aren't really going to cut it in the wintertime. Sometimes a hat. Get Marty a little sweater because he just got a haircut, so he doesn't have as much fur to protect himself from the cold. Get his harness on. And then it's the waiting game of how long is this sweet boy going to take before he pees and poops. And it's a really tough judgment call because you don't want him to hold it. But you also can't be out there for too long because you got to make your pre-workout. Maybe get a little something to eat real quick. And then I walk to the gym because it's close enough. But also it just, by the time I would like go to the car, it's the opposite direction and then drive over and miss the lights, make the lights, stop signs, all that. Park in the parking garage, which is on like the third floor of the, the building. It's too much. So walking is a lot easier. I do really enjoy the the solace that comes with being up at four in the morning and working out at five in the morning. 
because it, it, there's no one to bother you. All the machines that you want whenever you want them are available. It's for sure the best part. And you feel healthy, especially when you start to see the same few people at the gym. You get that like 5 a.m. nod from everybody, even the workers. The workers are probably a little bit like, hey, fuck you for making me be here. <laughs> you as the clientele are the reason that this is part of my job description. And it didn't used to, <laughs> didn't used to be. I do kind of wish they were open a little bit earlier because 5 a.m. is not, it doesn't give me enough of a window because usually I'll, I'll work out until from about 5 o'clock in the morning until about 6 o'clock, 6.15 is the absolute latest I can go, depending on what it is. Especially if it's leg day, because leg day's got a little bit extra to it, so you got to really go for it. So that hour 15 is, is key. But then I've got to like get home, I've got to shower. I never make my lunch ahead of time the night before like I should. Maybe I should do it tonight, I don't know. I kind of have to do dishes. But then I got to make my lunch and then you know, also get out the door. And there are some great moments in there when it's just Marty and myself awake and he gets his food for the first time in the day and he's all excited to see me. And then when I come home from the gym, he's barking up a storm because he can't quite tell if it's me coming in or not. And that wakes up Katie. It's great. But, uh, but there is a, a nice, knowing that not a lot of people are up. I'm not, I'm not going full Marky Mark. It's 4 a.m. Time to get work, get, get workout in. But it is nice to like, feel like I'm being very productive and using my time as efficiently as I can. And again, I might be wiped out by like eight or nine o'clock at night, but isn't that kind of the point? So then you do the whole thing all over again. This is just weeknights for me, by the way. This is not the weekends. But my body does hate me, so I can't even really sleep in. <laughs> my definition of sleep in sucks now. It just sucks. So, I, you know, I feel healthier about it. Uh, if you're trying to get into that routine, you can, I am not an expert. I'm not passing off any, any fitness advice, any diet advice, none of that, because I'm not, you know, not good at that stuff just for myself personally good with that. But yeah, if you are curious, you can, you can send me a DM or something like that. And, uh, I'll do my best to explain what I do and what, what works for me. Keyword is it works for me sort of most days, probably I bet. And then I, do, I undo the whole thing because sometimes I stop at McDonald's at the, at the end of the day when I'm on my way home from work and I get an apple pie. And sometimes it's two of those apple pies because they are so much better than when I was a kid, but they always looked so good as when I was a kid, like a glorified Nutri-Grain bar, you know, with like the, the apple Nutri-Grain um, jelly thing or whatever, except for it's got like some apples that might've been from this century, <laughs> freeze-dried or something like that, but then it's all warm. And it's got a little bit of that cinnamon, like goo stuff, whatever it is, like that, that paste that results from making a, a pie like that. I don't know. So really, really from the, the hours of 5 a.m. until mm, 4.30 p.m. Those are, that's my window of being healthy. Like it's just like a turkey and cheese sandwich and uh, a couple of those at lunch and I'm up early and maybe it'll be some egg whites and a, a protein shake in between there somewhere. But then as soon as it's 4.30 and I'm, you know, driving home, I just got off the lake shore and I'm like, man, I'm kind of hungry. I had a really good day today. Maybe another apple pie. <laughs> it's been a few days. Let's get another apple pie. I told myself too in March that I wasn't going to do so much uh, ordering of food whether it was drive-through or delivery, and I really fucking failed. I gave myself like three 
for the month. Figure that's more than enough that I won't feel guilty if I go over it, which I'm sure to do. And I think I used all three of those within first within the first week. Because, you know, it's so early, you're like, ah, you know, it's, you know, we're easing into this thing, you know? I didn't budget it very well, is what I'm trying to say. So, but that said, you know, in terms of, you know, that routine, the best part about it, getting to the gym that early, is that it's like, really, it's a blank canvas. When I say it, I mean the toilet seats, in case I've got to use that. Because I'll tell you this, I've been going to LA Fitness, different, you know, branches, if you will, but I've been going to the chain of LA Fitness for over five years now. And when I tell you that in that five years, at least one to two times per year, I will see some shit on or under the seat. And this is why when I go, I have to double check. I will literally, I'll lift it up, put it back down. And then if I'm satisfied, I'll take a seat. I'll pop a squat as long as there's no substance, pasty substance, somebody else's McDonald's apple pie paste (laughs) on the underside of the seat, or sometimes the audacity of someone to leave it on the seat. I don't know what went wrong there. And this is exactly why I don't use the student bathrooms at work, even when it's after hours or before hours when the kids are there. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to see what's in there. It's like seeing how the sausage is made not to get too crude or whatever, but like, I don't want to see when the students are like, hey, Mr. F, can I go to the bathroom? I don't want to see that scene. I don't want to go into one of the bathrooms one of these days and find like the 17 million hall passes that have gone missing in my first five years of teaching. You know, there's always a kid at some point in the year too that comes up to me and is like, hey, Mr. F, I was in the bathroom and I found your hall pass. And it's like all grimy and shit. I don't even touch the thing anymore. I'm like, yeah, you can, you can incinerate that. That's fine. Thank you for bringing that. That was so nice of you. Please destroy it. If you could demolish that, please, and keep it as far away from me as possible. I don't touch the bathroom pass. The like generic one that, you know, everyone uses. And it goes missing every so often. And I'm like, it'll, it'll turn up. That thing won't die. The first like 20 that I had in my first, you know, few years, those for sure long gone. Maybe it's in someone's like nostalgic, nostalgia box or something like that. It's just a, usually it's just like a binder that I like duct tape closed. So it's just like this obnoxious thing and it stands out. But the more recent one, it's, it's got 177 lives and I'm sure it's disgusting and I don't touch it because you know, it's been only to bathrooms and back or to mid-afternoon get-high sessions (laughs) because our kids are somehow still sneaking that shit in, but, you know, it it is what it is. Oh, the week of two PT... Okay, I'm going to... I had two professional developments, and let me... I'm going to get on a rant here because when it comes to PD, um, having two in a week is not ideal. Automatically, if I'm at a professional development, a PD... And they do that thing in the morning when it's like, it's 8 a.m., you're tired, you don't really want to be there necessarily. And they do it like, I can't hear you. And they expect you to like say it louder. Instantly, I'm going to be silent. I'm not saying shit. You got one good morning out of me. The second you expected more of me, you lost me entirely. Can we also stop it at PDs where we do this shit where... 
as adults, we have to read aloud to each other. Like there's a quote on the screen and we got to read it out loud for, we don't, we're adults. We don't, if, if you ask me to volunteer to read a quote from now on at a PD and it's digital, I'm going to copy and paste the text and put it in the chat. That's all I'm doing. That's all you're getting from me. That's it. So that said, and I wish I had talked to Peter about this. Maybe I will in the future on last week's episode because we've got a few different sports teams going on at any point in the year. And I was really thinking back on, and if you're a teacher, excuse me, and if you're a teacher too, and I know that you are if you're listening, and you've had this happen as well, uh, let me know. But if there's like a kid, a student, that might be like partially invested in your class or whatever. And whether you do it intentionally or not, I remember a few years ago, I went to one of the, the volleyball games, the girls volleyball team and uh, I think the girls basketball team in like the same week. And little did I know that one of my students is on both teams. I thought she was just on the one. Didn't know you could do that. But the fact that, and not just for this one student, but just in general, but I'm going to focus on this one. The fact that I was there to support her most of the game, if not all of it, can't remember if I stayed the entire time because sometimes, you know, daddy's got to get home, but um, they, they appreciate it. They even like, they will see you. I get this big wave. I can still see this one student from a few years ago and uh, this huge wave. And like they had, they suddenly like were a little bit faster on the court <laughs> or uh, diving a little bit hard. Like they were playing. I don't know if it's like a inherent thing where it's like a, like a, a parental figure because it's a teacher. I, I don't know. But what was really nice about it is that that student wasn't a bad student. I'm not saying that. But after this particular student noticed my attendance to one or more games or matches or whatever it might be, depending on the sport, the level of investment just like went through the roof. Like went from being like a B or C student to like an A student. And I was like, this is great. So I feel like going to see any, and it makes sense, of course, it's not like rocket science, but just putting words to it. I think actually going to the kids' competitions and games and stuff, I know it's brutal, especially on a weeknight or a Friday night. That's probably the roughest one that I've had to go to. (laughs) Not had to, I mean, I wanted to, but Friday night, you're kind of like, yeah, of course I'll go see your game. It's like, well, when's the game? They're like, it's Friday night. And you're like, oh, when's the next home game? (laughs) Um, Of course, a home game being a lot easier, but uh, it. I, I don't know. I think it helps. I think if I had seen some of my teachers at some of my football games in high school, would have cared a little bit more. Granted, still cared education-wise and, you know, got the grades that I wanted to get in high school. But uh, I don't know. It would have been nice to have seen that or like have heard like, hey, uh, nice game on Friday, Ryan. That would have been really nice. Never really got that. That's why I make such a point, <laughs> such a point to do that to some of my, uh, some of my uh, students especially if I also coach them and it might not be my season. Like if it's a football player that, you know, they also play basketball and, you know, they haven't seen me in that environment in a while since our season ended. And then there I am saying like, Hey, way to box out last night. That was great. Hey, those, you got like 18 boards. What was it? That was great, man. That, that little stuff is kind of fun. And it really, it, uh, I don't know. I've seen it help a lot in terms of getting kids to engage and I'm not doing it as some evil mastermind. It's just, it's relationship building. That's all it is, which I don't think enough people really emphasize anymore because, you know, we're all just drowning in what we've got to work on. SEL is huge, that social emotional learning stuff. 
but we don't really get to focus on like, what can you do to really help build that relationship? For example, if you're talking about trying to build a relationship with a student, if you've ever done that thing at a parent-teacher conference, when you know the kid fucked up, and you can really, like when the parent's like, so how are they doing? And this is your time, this is your chance. But instead, you're just like, they're doing great. And then you just look at them, like, you know what I could have said, don't you? Then <laughs> They give you that look of like, thanks, thank you, thank you so much, oh my goodness. And you're like, I'm going to get the best behavior out of you from now on, aren't I? Because <laughs> you know what I could have done. I think that really helps in terms of, you know, go to their games, support them. But also those little moments where it's like, hey, between you and me, we know how this could have gone. But I did you a solid. Can you do me a solid <laughs> and just not be a dick? I think that's something that, it, you know, it, these aren't things that they really tell you in these teacher prep programs. The stuff that happens in between the lines, if you will, they don't go over that. They cover everything that you need to know about pedagogy and No Child Left Behind and the history of education. As an example, of course, I know that's been kind of, you know, disavowed, but they go over all that stuff and they go over how the content isn't what matters. It's more how the kid feels in your room and, you know, they feel supported and, you know, going beyond the classroom. That stuff's great. It's covered by all the best teacher prep programs, mine included. But I feel like we're not as grounded in what could that actually look like on a day-to-day basis. I'm not trying to be a TED Talk right now. It's just coming out that way. I don't know what else to tell you. But it's been very nice in terms of, you know, if you're trying to build a relationship with a kid, it's low stakes for you. It's low stakes for them. It makes them feel good. It makes you feel good. And yeah, something to talk about. That's not just education. I think that's the number one reason why a lot of my student athletes that have me as a coach, they perform better because they see me as not just their teacher. Not that that, you know, diminishes the title of teacher, but there's a little bit more to it. If you can have that deeper conversation about something that they are interested in that maybe they don't get to talk a lot about. It seems obvious, I know. But again, this on-the-ground stuff of just being a human in addition to their teacher, sometimes it's, it's not as easy as just like, well, talk about what they like and shit like that. So I don't, if you're a new teacher, a student teacher, I don't know, or if you want to share this with somebody, great. I'm not an expert. I'm just saying this is what's worked for me, kind of like my workout advice stuff. Uh, but I do think that that parent conference thing where you kind of, I don't know, where you don't say something, to the parent, if you will. I don't know. It's kind of like a, nice, a, little, a little nod to, to the kid. And I think that that really helps. It seems kind of weird because it kind of puts you on that level. Like, I'm not going to snitch because it's not like it's snitching if you're doing that. But I don't know. It kind of helps, if you will. Which, by the way, I wanted to uh, address that, that issue. I don't know. I'm struggling for words right now. <laughs> address that issue of like when you have to tell a parent what their child said. So like you're in the parent conference and you've got to, you know, explain why their kid got in trouble or why something happened or whatever. And you got to, and a lot of times in our logs, we have to like word for word, say what the student said. It's pretty common. That way you can really, it's like undeniable that this is what they said. This is what they did. But like, if it comes in the form of an insult, and I've heard some of these from colleagues too, it's like, you have to say what they said, but then at the same time, you have to kind of like, make sure they know it's not true. <laughs> like, like, I'm not a bald-headed bitch, nor do I have a fat neck. <laughs> or just, or uh, 
uh, what was the one from, oh, I, I don't want to put the person's name on blast. Someone's, someone's like, the kids love the word booty. Be like, I don't in fact smell like booty. I shower every single day. It's not acceptable. Or like, Said my breath was offensive. I know that mint can be a kind of intense thing, an intense scent for kids. Just kind of finding a way to walk everything back. My haircut six months ago wasn't that bad. I don't know why your child would say that about me. It was a, really a great lesson. I don't, I mean, it has years of trial and error to really perfect it. And you're like, eh, kind of, sort of, not really, but <laughs> can't say that. But stuff like that, where it's like, uh, or my favorite one is like, I overheard this one like a year ago, where it's like, uh, <laughs> he called me a stupid headed nappy bitch and that is not my name my name is mrs and <laughs> went to the last name just like you know how ridiculous it sounds when you say shit like that and it's like you kind of have to at a certain point that's kind of why i like to look at the logs that people put whenever they they directly quote stuff i believe an episode with joe dombrowski from a few years ago we went into some of like my favorite logs from <laughs> from uh from back in the day i like made like a whole like screenshot of the shit um, because some of them are truly fun. Mine are hilarious. Just objectively, mine are hilarious every single time because, you know, I'm very honest about it. Um, I wonder if I can find it. If I were to search up logs, I doubt it, but it's worth a shot, right? That was so long ago that it just seems unlikely that I'd be able to find it. Oh man, I'd have to find that episode from back in the day with, uh, with Joe D. But I don't know, maybe we'll do something where it's, you know, a log thing. We'll go back to some of those, those lovely highlights. I don't know, good times. But um, one last thing before we, you know, kind of wrap up for this week is a couple weeks ago, I talked about this issue of resilience for teachers and students. And I, I think the one thing that I'm, I'm pointing out with that, and I'm not just doing it to like shit on anybody, anything like that, I know some people disagree with that, and that's fine. All I'm saying is that when it, when it comes to the support for teachers who have to be resilient, compared to the support of students who are asking to be resilient, one clearly has a support and one doesn't. And I'm not saying that all kids do have all the support in the world. Obviously, there are certain things that are you know, very drastic shortcomings. But at least in my school, the conversation every single day is around how we can support this student. I've never once heard a conversation like that, even when I ask other teachers at PDs, like, hey, what is your school doing to go above and beyond to support you? What is there in place to help you out if you're struggling, if you're truly drowning? What is your school doing to help make sure you don't burn out? And that's what I'm not seeing. So if those supports are in place. That's why I'm so concerned that there doesn't seem to be any resilience with the students. And I bring it up because we did this like capacity builder thing where we were going like full speed with our content and the assignments and we had hard deadlines and we didn't do those dreaded flex days and shit like that. And for the most part, the kids honestly responded way better than I ever thought that they could or would. So I would, you know, some of the kids were saying things, I don't have it pulled up right now, but I literally, I took as many of the responses as possible 
kind of got rid of the ones that might have been a little bit redundant. And when I asked him, like, why do you think your teachers did this? A two-week span of, like, hard deadlines and full speed and, you know, makeup work is, you know, late or whatever, and it won't be taken at a certain point. And so many of the kids were like, honestly, we got a lot of flexibility and we kind of took advantage of that, uh, speaking generally, of course. And so I think the teachers are trying to get us out of those bad habits. Some of the kids, when asked, like, hey, what did you learn about yourself as a student? They were like, I realized I was a lot smarter than I thought I was. I didn't think I'd be able to do this. And granted, I got some responses from kids that weren't so positive. Like one person was like, this was stupid, and, and, you know, I don't care about this, and I just, I'm going to drop out and shit like that. And a a D is just as good as an A, B, or a C. The responses you don't want to hear, but for sure the responses that are so indicative of a lack of resilience. And I'm not saying that all kids are created equal and have to have the same response to it. Not at all. People for sure hated it. But some of the kids were like, hey, I fucking hated this shit. But I was able to do it, which I didn't think was possible. And I don't know. A few kids, and I made sure it was anonymous, but a few kids, and I can kind of tell based on how, the way, how they write and things like that, like... Oh, you misspelled the word there. You used the wrong form again. I wonder if this is uh, Joe, you know, whoever. Joe Smith, fake name. But um, some of them even went as far as to say, like, I kind of preferred this because it made me kind of step up my game and I was kind of just being lazy. That was the number one thing people were saying is I was being lazy. Or (laughs) one kid, I believe if I'm based on the way that they write, again, it's anonymous, but I'm pretty sure it's this student. This one particular student was complaining in the beginning of the year anyway, saying, I'm doing too much, it's going too fast, can you slow it down, chill out, all that shit. But then when they get the framing of this Capacity Builder Week, which is truly, you know, an overcorrection on pacing and things like that, they were like, I wish we can go back to the way it was, it was perfect back then, and why do we have to change it? And it's like, oh, so perspective is really key here. Before it was too much, now it's perfect? Hmm. And again, I don't know if it was that student in particular, because again, anonymous responses, but it's just the way that the person writes, it just was so like, like it has to be the student. It doesn't have to be, but it has to be the student. You know, you can kind of tell it wasn't, it was digital, so I couldn't see their handwriting. Hence, I mean, if it, I saw a handwriting, I'd know for sure. Like, yeah, this is for sure. Adam with his absolute dog shit, chicken scratch. <laughs> um, that's for sure. Louise with her, her needy scrawl, that kind of shit. Uh, so it wasn't like I could see it, but you like the way you a kid talks, like if there were mannerisms with the way that they like wrote, it matched very much the way that they would speak verbally. Um, and I almost wish I could show like a, here's what you said a few months ago about the pacing. And here's what you said about that exact same pacing. But after I just kind of framed things a little bit differently with the pacing, you know, <laughs> I think that would be, that would be a real treat for me. Not so much for that particular student. Again, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure, you know, who, who the kid was, but it doesn't matter. I, I, I knew that that's what it was. Uh, whether the kids liked it or hated it, it just, you know, you can't satisfy everybody. So, but hey, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, supporting the show, especially if you're on Patreon, pa- Patreon, pa- Patreon, if you're on Patreon, uh, that's patreon.com slash classroom brew. If you want to support the show, uh, that really helps us out a lot. It kind of helps with that, that extra content that we want to get out there and that, uh, that merch for the show and, and all that good stuff. So it's patreon.com slash classroom brew. If you want to become a patron, 
I think there's a $2, $4, and a $7 tier, so you decide what's the best for you, of course. So uh, you can check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. You can rate us and review us if you feel like it. We are on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. Just look up Classroom Brew. That's the easiest way. Uh, if it's social media, there's no spaces, of course. And uh, yeah, if you want to be on the show, you can email me, classroombrew at gmail.com, or you can do it via DM, whatever works for you. So everyone stay safe. Hope you're doing well. And until next week, class dismissed.